0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Road to Curve Radio. I'm your host, Michael Rathburn, and the podcast we have going on tonight is going to be the Lock and Load podcast, where me and Mike Taglier, uh from Pro Football Focus talk about the best cash game plays in DFS Week Four NFL on Fanduel and DraftKings. Welcome back in, Mike. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, just before the show started tonight, I'd like to say that um, kudos to Josh Gordon. You know, it sucks that we're not going to get to see him play football this year. Uh, I don't think, anyways. Um, but good for him. Personal note, uh, Rath, I don't even know if you saw that. Did you yeah, see the news yeah, where he, he right, checked himself broke. in? Yep. Yeah, good for him.
0: It's it's bittersweet because you know he he had the. We don't know what happened in the off season, and did he have time in the off season to do it? Maybe he did. Maybe he did it. Came out, backslid. You know, again, uh, and realized, boy, I, my NFL career could be over if I go back and play, knowing what, you know, he might've been doing stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing, uh, get his life right. I mean, first and foremost, get his life right. And then, you know, he's got to worry about his career too. Second, but yeah, get his life right. Um, on a side note, I've dealt with addiction, uh, in my family personally, it's not, it's, it, it can really get you. And, um, clearly he needs help. He needs some serious help hopefully he gets it so yeah i know i definitely feel for him and i'm glad you mentioned it um and uh you know don't complain about him on your fantasy team and if you have him in a dynasty you drafted him don't be stupid don't be that guy uh
1: yeah there's things so, that are bigger than there's things that are bigger than yeah, fantasy football, and this is one of them
0: definitely um before we get started this week uh Let's run down kind of the format, what we're going to do. Similar to last week, we're going to talk about where we went right, and Mike had a really, really good week. Uh, where did we go wrong? Who did you have to have? Are there any trap plays this week? We're going to give you some names that people are on, but potential traps. We're going to talk about strategy. Uh, FanDuel versus DraftKings, kind of each one of our individual strategies on that. We're going to talk about when a price can dictate a play and how you can get suckered into a price on a player and overlook a matchup and it potentially get burned. And that did happen to a lot of people last week with a particular player. Then we're going to get into it on um, our weekly picks for cash games on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I'm going to cover the consensus. What Mike and I do is we email each other our picks. Uh, no real influence on each other. I do it separate. He does it separate. And then we talk about the consensus guys that we happen to be on We don't run down 10 quarterbacks like some other guys do. Um, Basically, we do like three quarterbacks, four or five running backs, six or seven wide receivers, three tight ends, three kickers, three defense. And then we come to a consensus on those picks. We're not looking at 10 10 at each position. To me, that's just ridiculous. You know, let's really get to the core and the crux of how to build a lineup this week and win some money. Uh, So before we get started, again, I want to let you guys uh, remind you guys. We do have a weekly premium membership over at rotocurve.com. Use promo code Wrath. You get a, a weekly membership for just five dollars. Regular price is seven. Again, it's a great way for you to look at our um, subscription, our, our content on our site. Uh, I would say 95% of the content on the site right now is for subscribers only. So that is a plus for you. Again, it's only five dollars. Promo code Wrath. You get all of our content, absolutely locked in for week four of the NFL. Let's talk about where we went right last week. And uh, let's talk first about, you know, we, we opened up, a, I started a segment last week called Traps. And, you know, I talked about the Vikings and the Panthers running backs, that they were all cheap. We didn't necessarily know what the role was going to be for any of these players. And the matchup, which wasn't good either. Low scoring game, not a lot of offense. None of the running backs did very much. So, again, that was something that we wanted to highlight for you guys. But really, if you listen to the show, uh, Mike did mention that he thought Stephon Diggs was a trap play, and that absolutely paid off. And I think that with Mike hitting that trap play, um, you know, we're going to continue to hopefully keep it rolling and give you some guys that we think are potentially trap plays. Um, Just because everybody's on them doesn't necessarily mean that we agree, and we're going to give you reasons why. So that was one of the big, big takeaways from last week. Uh, talk about, uh, quarterbacks. Um, really the one guy that we were on as a consensus was Matthew Stafford. So if you had Stafford as your lead guy, you did well. And look, it's really hard to argue against him. He's been on a roll, nothing, you know, and he keeps getting matchup after matchup.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't fade Stafford at this, at this point in time, Until uh, the in the cons- face Sir- the only D, yeah. Yeah, the only concern now is this week because I, I we turned in our we got our we got our picks in together here, and the only concern I have is that Marvin Jones popped up today on the injury report with a hamstring, uh, and so he had to leave practice. I don't know if this is a situation that if Marvin Jones is out, how comfortable I feel with Stafford because it just becomes pretty murky, and we're going to give another option. You know, if that is in fact the case, uh, but it's just something to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it limits the down the. F- We'll get into Stafford, but I think um, we, we slide him down the, the list a little bit. Um, I think he's still on the list, but maybe not off it. Um, you we talked, we talked a lot about two guys. We talked a lot about Dak Prescott last week, and he came through in a big way. Uh, not only was the Price attractive, but the matchup was tremendous going against the Bears defense that was completely beat up. And Aaron Rodgers. And we talked about the home field, the Lions defense. Again, these were two guys – that were going against defense, um, going against defenses, both of them were at home, going against beat-up defenses. And that's something that you want to take advantage of at the quarterback position is if you've got a quarterback that's going up against a, a beat-up defense, they're going to be able to exploit that defense, and, and it's not going to be built into the price. So that's something that you want to definitely consider when you're looking at quarterbacks. Um, so that was good that, that Dak and Rodgers hit, uh, that Mike was really the lead on that. I, I kind of you know walked this through you know, why we would like both players and, and you got me on board on both guys. Um, at the running back position, uh, Mike absolutely tore it up and, you know, m- we both were on Melvin Gordon, which thankfully got a late touchdown and saved us. We were both on Charles Sims. I was on DeMarco Murray. Uh, he came through in a big way, but the guys that Mike were, were on is, uh, you know, he had, De- he had Devante Freeman. Not many people were on him in cash. Devontae Freeman absolutely blew up on Monday night, so that was good to see. And then also two other guys, Frank Gore and Mark Ingram, both guys that are grinded out running backs, um, that pretty good prices, getting touches, that Mike was on as well. So if you used any of Mike's running backs last week, you definitely could hit the pay window. Um, and uh, what was crazy is on the Monday night game with uh, Freeman and Coleman being basically number one and number two in fantasy, huh? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was insane. It was, I mean, it's like you you watch the defense and it's weird because in my season-long leagues, I actually lost a game uh, with Devonta Freeman on, the, on that last drive that they had. I was up like three and a half points. And I was like, oh, we got it in the bag. You know, they're going to attack, you know. Nope, he, he, he went for like 50 yards in that last drive. And I lost one of my, my season-long leagues because of that. But, I mean, it, it just goes to show how bad that Saints defense is. They couldn't even get a stop when basically the Falcons were trying to give them the ball back.
0: Yeah. And um, some of the wide receivers, we were both on Antonio Brown, who came through, um, you know, look, he hit value. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, he was top 10. i um, not going to toot the horn too much on a guy like that. But with a guy like Antonio Brown, you want to hit value. And that's what he did. That's really you're not looking for a 30 point game. If he can hit two X, you know, that's really what you're looking for on a salary um, uh, on FanDuel, especially uh Jarvis Landry, we've been continuing to ride that train and it looks like that train is going to continue. Uh and then you were on Allen Robinson, which I definitely could understand why <laughs> in that spot. And uh I was on Crabtree. Now Crabtree kind of hit value. I mean, not didn't have a monster week by any stretch again. When we play cash, we're not looking for monster weeks. If we get monster weeks, that's great. We would like some of that upside to be built into the player but we're looking at floor and Michael Crabtree is one of the best wide receivers when it comes to floor. And, and that's what he gave you. Um, where do we go wrong? We're certainly not going to run from it. Um, you know, we did talk about rivers and luck that didn't come through. There was offense in the game, but no touchdowns in the air, which was frustrating as hell. Um, D'Angelo, you know, I was mostly on D'Angelo and Diggs, and those two guys definitely, uh, came up with goose eggs. Um, and the funny thing about it is we basically muffed on, on tight end and, and kicker and defense. But the funny thing about it is if you mu- if you muff those positions, because the outputs are so low and, you know, if you just got something out of those and you didn't spend up, it saved money at other positions that you hit on. So for me, I didn't hit on tight end, kicker and defense anywhere and I still cashed. So... You know, that was something just to keep in mind is that it's, it's, it's very important that we hit on the quarterback running back and wide receivers. You know, that's six, six out of the nine. Uh, And so if we hit on six out of the nine, we should be in good shape. If we happen to get a little bit more value on defense, kicker and tight end, that's even better in case we happen to miss on one of the other ones. But again, you got the, the skill position players. That's key in cash. Um, some of the guys that hit last week, you know, we talked about quarterback. One of the guys we didn't mention, uh, Ryan Tannehill, was a favorite in cash, um, was somebody that you and I didn't talk about. We, we kind of tend to shy away from the, the cheap chalk quarterbacks. Um, I think this week might be a little bit different just based on the landscape. But, um, you know, Tannehill wasn't a guy that I had a huge amount of exposure to. I had a little bit, not too much. Um we talked about Freeman, Coleman, you know, et cetera, guys like that. Marvin Jones was the huge hit of the week, um, not somebody that you or I, you or I, were on last week, so to speak, and maybe you know, maybe that was something that we needed to look at. Um, and then Terrell Pryor was kind of the wild card of the week when it came out that he was going to play quarterback and wide receiver.
1: <laughs> yeah, Terrell Pryor. That's actually one of the guys that we're, I know. I want to talk about this week because it's like you know, there's people all over the place with the Josh Norton, Josh Gordon news breaking now that they're saying Terrell Pryor is locked in as a wide receiver too. Like, what are we doing? What are we talking about here? Like, I I don't. I think after this week, people are going to come back down to reality. Um, you know, I I I don't know if this is where we're going to talk about traps, but yeah. uh, Terrell Terrell Pryor is going to see a lot of Josh Norman this weekend, and it's not. Yeah something that you want to put yourself in a position to be up against, especially with somebody who's as volatile as Terrell Pryor is already.
0: Right. Well, let's roll into that. Next next spot that we're going to talk about is trap plays of the week. And you talked about it. I think Terrell Pryor is the number one trap play of the week in cash. One of the reasons is Josh Norman. The other reason is um, then there's not going to be a lot of opportunity there. Let's say he has to jump back and play quarterback. Who's he going to throw to? Uh, I know, the, you know, because Norman's going to cover whether it's Hawkins or, you know, uh, Richard Higgins or, you know, I mean, basically he's going to have to dump it off to Duke Johnson or run or throw to Gary Barnage. And that's not going to be explosive offense. And if this team is down, you know, the game script could very easily be the Redskins throwing the ball and, and getting a lead and forcing the Browns to throw and if that's the case it's going to be tr- it's going to be trouble
1: it is going to be trouble and the thing is you have to look at Terrell Pryor before last week i mean he caught three passes in each game against baltimore and philly so it's not like you know they have the most daunting cornerbacks that you need to stay away from this is who prior is guys like don't think that he's locked in as a wide receiver too do not play him in cash lineups this week you'll be sorry if you do um just because odell beckham did well against josh darman last week doesn't mean that terrell Pryor is going to uh yeah no i'm 100 with you on the terrell Pryor. that he is definitely someone that will not be touching any of my lineups this week regardless of price
0: sure uh no i like it um another trap for me is um I'm a little leery about Cam Newton this week. I know some sites are projecting him top three and it's hard not to coming off a bad game. My theory on Cam Newton is this. I think there's other quarterbacks that you can go with. Uh, he's a little bit more in play on FanDuel because this, I mean on uh, DraftKings because the salary it's not as huge of a spread between top, you know, Cam and everybody else on FanDuel. Absolutely. No, I just can't do it. Um, just too expensive. So for me, Cam Newton, um, Kelvin Benjamin going against Trufant for the most part. You you know more, but you cover more of that than I do. Um, mm. You know, that that concerns me um, that, you know, I know they play on opposite sides of the field, but if they move, that concerns me. Um, the, the, the opposite team, you know, I think it's going to be a, an Olsen game for sure. Uh, yeah. and, and Cam Newton is maybe not 100%. He got roughed up last week. We got, he got hit in the head week one. Um, it, maybe Atlanta is a little bit better than we think. And um, so I think that while this game could get to be high scoring, I'm just not sold that he's going to have that game that he had against the 49ers where he went nuts.
1: It really depends on Cam, like how he starts the game, because Cam Newton is a guy that rides on confidence. And yeah, Trufant, uh last year for a majority of the year, he did not shadow. He stayed at left corner in Dan Quinn's defense, and then he started shadowing towards the end of the year. And then so far this year, in week one, he did not shadow Michael, uh, Mike Evans, but now the last two weeks he has shadowed. So it's kind of a weird thing, but I do envision that he's going to kind of tail around Kelvin Benjamin this week. So uh, it should be one where they get Kelvin Benjamin more involved. Uh, I do love your call on Greg Olson, by the way. I think uh, I think they've they've a lot of at least one tight end touchdown every single week, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is it, it really depends on Cam. If they can pressure him early and get him thrown high, you know, over his receivers' and their head. The run game is yeah.
0: not, the, you know, the run game there. It's I think people are underrating Jonathan Stewart. And without Jonathan Stewart, there's a significant drop off in talent. Don't look at Fozzie Whitaker a hundred yards when they were up by a gazillion points against the Niners. You know, they completely shut it down. The Vikings shut it down. The Vikings defense is pretty good. But I'm just saying, like, the run game not being there for Cam now changes the way the defense plays because now they can spy him more, they can they can contain him in the pocket more, where he's not gonna have those breakaway runs. I just think that um, I just don't think the upside's there with him. And I think with him, uh, you know, I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't even know if they're going to win the game, to be honest with you. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta f- finds a way to win this game uh, 24, 23, or something along that line. So uh, for me, I'm just, you know, Cam to me is a trap. I think everybody's automatically assuming high-scoring game and he's going to go off again uh, at Atlanta. Um, let's talk about your running back trap for the week. Uh, Lamar Miller, and I think this is a good call. You have some, you have some good basis around that.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Tennessee is a lot better against the run than people think. Just because Tennessee's a bad team doesn't mean that they automatically give up a, a crap load of fantasy points. As we've seen with Lamar Miller in the first three weeks, uh, he's had a couple good matchups, but he's yet to score. He's averaging under four yards per carry. It's starting to look like he's not built to withstand the workload that they're giving him i know they're going to they keep doing it even in a big loss last week where they lost 27 nothing on national tv but you look at tennessee they're not the defense that's just going to allow him to run all over them they have <laughs> this year they're, they're allowing just right around four yards per carry but if you look at it no there's only been one running back who has topped 6.5 standard fantasy points if you look in terms of DraftKings points The highest anybody has ever scored was Latavius Murray last week. He had 37 yards and a touchdown, guys. Like, this is not a defense that you're going to run on. If anything, it's a defense you're going to pass on, which is, you know, why I'm a little more open to Brock Osweiler this week, even though I'm not a big fan of him. The corners in Tennessee are just pretty bad. So we'll talk about that. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Miller.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a good call, and I think people are going to continually go back to him because they're going to feel like Houston's going to beat up on Tennessee and he gets a ton of touches. But you got to look at you know, the difference between a guy like Miller and a guy like DeMarco Murray on the other side where you look at points per touch – and that's something that I know, you know, I kind of I kind of adopted that from PFF. You know, it's something they look at points per touch, points per opportunity, you know, points per snap, all that kind of stuff. And DeMarco's numbers are through the roof where Lamar Miller is dead last. So that's something that, you know, just keep in mind that you know, he just hasn't produced, even though he's getting opportunities, he just hasn't produced. Um, let's talk about uh, the, the next talking point is um and we try to do this you know we're trying to break it up guys we don't want this just to be a pick show um it's so there's so much more to cash games than just you know rolling out picks and trying to put together a lineup there's a lot of thought process behind it a lot of game theory behind it that's what we're trying to give you especially new players or if you're struggling etc you know a lot of things that we talk about is um, making sure that you try to have as many different players from different games as possible um i actually looked at some stuff last week um some DraftKings 50 fifties and double ups. And I was amazed how many losing lineups just had three, four, five players from the same team. I saw one guy pump in $1,500 into a 50, 50, uh, or actually I'm sorry, $2,500 into a 50, 50 and had uh, five San Diego chargers on his team.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: those lineups went up in flames, set the money on fire. If he had just diversified the lineup a little bit, he probably would have been okay. Again, put in a hundred lineups, same lineup. I think the learning point there is, you know, diversify. At least run two lineups for God's sakes and break even or hedge. Um, the other learning point with that is, why on earth would you want to have five out of nine players from one team? Um, that was scary to me. I didn't really understand it. And again, set the money on fire. Twenty five hundred bucks down the drains. Uh, so let's talk about site specific strategy. And, you know, kind of what I want to get here is, you know, you, you have a great take on, why you, played on dra- why you play on DraftKings, and I like it, and I want you to kind of give the audience your take on why you play DraftKings versus FanDuel.
1: Yeah, I prefer DraftKings to me because it's the same reason why all my standard leagues, like my friends and family leagues, we moved over to PPR. PPR is a, it's a bit more predictable for me, um, and that's what I usually prefer because when I do my projections and everything, I'm projecting what I feel like would happen. I, a lot of research goes into that. Whereas, you know, I could project five catches for 50 yards to a player better than I can project one catch for. Th- 30 yards and a touchdown. Where in PPR, you get that edge for doing that. If you if you when you move down to half PPR and FanDuel, it kind of takes away from the PPR approach. Um, I also prefer the flex over a kicker. While, you know, there is a science that comes down to kickers and, wrath, I know you've gotten a, a good grasp on that. But for me, I think it, regardless of anything, that you can definitely predict a flex player better than you would be able to a kicker. So it's just like wh- when I talk about season-long leagues and they ask me, you know, Mike, how do I make my, my season-long league more competitive? Because right now it seems like whatever team's the healthiest. Well, what you do is you deepen the rosters. You yep. deepen the starting rosters, add an extra flex add an extra starting wide receiver. That's what DraftKings kind of does. And that's why I prefer it. Um, You know, one of the things that not many people know is that you cannot also cannot late swap on, on FanDuel. So that's something I like on DraftKings as well. Um, I know that you were historically like a DraftKings or a FanDuel player, but um, for me, I think it's just a preference thing. Some people pick better. I think you can play it safer on FanDuel um, just because they don't give you bonuses uh, so you're, look, you're looking for a higher floor. You're not necessarily looking for the ceiling of 100 yards. Um, it, it's just there's little little intricacies that are different on between the sites. And it's just really – it comes down to preference. Sure.
0: I, I like the take. Um, I, I play on both. Uh, I've had more success on DraftKings this year than FanDuel. Um, and mainly it's because I've nailed the flex. My strategy on DraftKings and flex is I look for cheap running back. I want the guaranteed touches, the 15 to 20 touches per game. I want opportunity, whether it's T.J. Yeldon crapping out, but at least getting me a touchdown. It, it That's more safe than picking a cheap wide receiver, because there's not very often where you're going to hit on a cheap wide receiver, not in cash games. It's just, you know, you're looking at wide receiver threes. It's not like you're not going to get a wide receiver three automatically elevated to a wide receiver one role in a week. It's just not going to happen. Whereas right. you can get an RB two elevated into an RB one, you know, on a depth chart. So again, or an RB three going to an RB one. Like, th- there's just so much more inventory, whether it's due to injuries, performance, uh, game flow, is you know, matchup. There's much more inventory at the cheap running back spot every single week that you can. You don't need to take chances. I've seen people take chances on cheap wide receivers. I've seen people take chances on tight ends. Uh, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't I don't go that route. It's for me. It's running back running back running back. That's what I'm I'm pounding um, In my flex on DraftKings Uh, on FanDuel my strategy is more along the lines of I try to be as balanced as possible. What I mean by that is um, You know, you get a certain number of spots a certain amount of salary per spot, etc You know really what I'm looking at is is the, the best defensive matchup. I'm not looking to shave money unless I can. Um, you know, we talked about how I like going cheap at the tight end position and I like going cheap at kicker. So I'm looking to save like maybe a thousand dollars, $1,500 on those three spots. And then I'm going to distribute that around. I'm probably not going to pay up at quarterback. I'm looking for more of that seven to eight K guy. If I can get a seven to eight K uh, at my running back, I'll do that. If I can squeeze in a cheap running back, that's what I'm looking to do as well. I'm looking to pay up for a wide out, and I'm looking to kind of go mid tier on two of my other wide outs. So I'm not looking to drop down and go super cheap. I want that six to 7K guy, you know, at wide receiver two, wide receiver three.
1: Yeah no, I like your strategy. Um for me, it, sometimes I'll find a quarterback in the $6,000 range right in there uh, that I feel comfortable with, but I mean, it's it's more importantly to be flexible on how the week takes you because yep. you know, if there's running if there's running back injuries, you're going to get a lot more value there and you're able to pay up at the quarterback or the tight end spot. So, um for me, the, the tight end position has been so hit or miss this year. Like people in, like guys in good matchups like Dwayne Allen last week, he was in a great matchup and he just didn't do it. Um, it, with how unpredictable it's been, it, it, it might make sense to pay up for tight end this year and not Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> you yeah, know,
0: Rob, yeah, yeah, it's been...
1: I got to see it first. I got to see it before I, I trust Rob Gronkowski with a lot of money.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's been tough pulling him out of the player pool. Um, you know, somebody somebody that we saw kind of jump on the scene last week is a guy who used to be in that Gronk role, and that's Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, so Jimmy Graham would be a guy, maybe not in cash and maybe not this week, but Jimmy Graham looks like a guy who's healthy finally, and could be, could be a significant piece of the Seattle offense. So just, you know, kind of my takeaway, um, on that, I think with tight ends, you know, really continually look at matchup, what the opposing team does against tight ends. Don't just look at fantasy points, look at tight ends allowed, look at yardage allowed, um, just look at kind of things as a whole, because if it's, if it's heavy, if it's skewed to touchdowns, that's going to skew the fantasy points. Like, look at, look at catches, look at yardage, like are it's this team just, you know, their linebacking core, is it's just really, really bad. And they're just getting torn up by tight ends. So that's something that, you know, and then is the, is the quarterback leaning? Like, I think Kyle Rudolph is a perfect example right now of somebody who's kind of fallen into a situation mm-hmm. where, you know, he's, he's really become pretty attractive at the tight end position. Um we talked about uh in the beginning we talked about getting suckered into a price and Mike's trap play last week was Stefan Diggs and probably was the only one in the industry that mentioned it uh and it took some balls uh it took some brass ones to really kind of go out on a limb and go against Diggs um talk about you know the I think the, the learning point or the takeaway from the Diggs last week is I've actually heard a lot of people say um Oh, if I had to do it all over again, I'd still play him. Well, you look—I I understand that. Hindsight is what it is. We know he had a bad game, but to me, the learning—the the, takeaway—is this: is he had such a great price that we we just ignored the matchup.
1: Right. There, it, it gets to a point where the price is so good that it just makes you want to play a guy. But that's what I do every time when I sit down and I construct a lineup Is I think to myself, am I doing it for that reason? And I felt like a lot of people were doing that with Diggs for that reason because they believe in his talent, they believe in his ability. And it's not to say I don't. I actually do. I think Stefan Diggs, you saw the route that everybody was posting on Twitter, you know, that game. I'm not questioning the guy's ability. What I'm questioning is the situation. He still has Sam Bradford throwing to him who has never, ever – given you a consistent wide receiver. He's playing with a defense that has shut out opponents. They have literally been lights out. So when you look at these factors, it's like there's going to be some volatility. And when there's volatility with a player, I'm typically not going to be on him unless it's like a prime matchup. And I just didn't feel like it was a prime matchup last week. So No, uh, you,
0: were, you were dead on. I learned, I mean, I had digs in lineups and, uh, you know, it, it did hurt me. It didn't, it, you know, I, I was able to make it up in other areas because I nailed the running backs and the quarterback, but it hurt a lot of people and a lot of guys that are heavy digs had digs in every single lineup, D'Angelo in every single line. It just, they took Um We talked about being overcome tight end kicker and D uh, really because look, nobody had the chiefs, nobody had the Vikings. I mean, so it didn't matter. Um, right. But you know, nobody nobody had you know Zach Miller or you know it just there were guys that hit that nobody had, so it didn't matter. Right. Um, but you you still there were still chalk plays that hit, and you had to have them last week. And there were a lot of chalk plays that didn't hit, and it was a, it was a rough week for a lot of people in the industry. So um, just be aware that you want to know who the chalk is. You want to be on some chalk, but chalk is not always going to hit. And just just bear in mind. Kind of navigate through that as you go, and don't just blindly take a player based on price. So that's kind of the takeaway there. All right, now we're gonna to get to the fun stuff. Uh, we're gonna go position by position, like we always do. I'm gonna hit the consensus plays first, and then I'm gonna kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm first gonna point out the, the plays that Mike is on, the guys that Mike is on for sure, and let Mike talk about that. Um, the number one guy that we're on again this week and is is uh, quarterback is Matthew Stafford. We're gonna to continue to ride this train, but like you said. The Marvin Jones situation does give you a little bit of pause for concern.
1: It definitely does. And if you look at Stafford uh, against this Bears team, you know, they're in the division. They play each other twice a year. Um, You know, it looked like a different Bears team this year, like it was supposed to be. But Lamar Houston getting hurt. Danny Trevathan getting hurt. Kyle Fuller is now an IR. That's the Bears top cornerback. Um, I don't know if they're going to be missing Goldman again. I'm not sure he's on the defensive line. But basically, this is a a torn apart team from last year. They're not even as good as they were last year. This is a team that Stafford played twice last year in the Those games, guys, he finished as the number one fantasy quarterback and the number two fantasy quarterback. He threw for over 700 yards and seven touchdowns in these games. That's why you got to love Stafford this week. But I, I do want you to know that it's a little concerning when you look at Marvin Jones' injury. But it doesn't that's, – that, that's the thing. It doesn't even totally remove me from Stafford just because of how bad this Bears defense is. And, you know, Golden Tate, I think he could step up for a game if he needed to and, and, and be that that go-to guy for Matt Stafford. Like kind of a lot of people thought he would.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point. And then you've got – um, Riddick in the backfield, it sounds like this is going to be more of a Dwayne Washington week, especially oh, if yeah. Jones is out, they're going to lean more on Dwayne Washington. And then they're going to also want to lean more on Riddick for receptions and they might dink and dunk all the way down the field against his team and just wear them out. Um, you're, you obviously follow the bears pretty closely. Um, mm-hmm. any other.
1: Oh, you cut out you cut out there oh, for a sorry. moment. Sorry,
0: Porter and Callahan.
1: Okay. Uh Callahan, he's I th- I think he went he was through protocol. I think he okay. should be fine, and uh, Porter seems like he's good to go.
0: Okay, so they're down to number two, number three, um, in the secondary, but also yeah, the, yeah, they got some other. Um, look, we saw what Dallas was able to do to them last week, and it's it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Um, yeah, the, the next and Des guy that, Bryant
1: and Des Bryant yeah. was playing on a fractured uh, tibia, so yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, next guy that we're both on and this guy can be polarizing and, uh, we're going we, you know, we are going with a guy here that's going up against the Browns and that's Kirk cousins. Um, they're a big favorite. I mean, much like the Tannehill spot last week, he's in a really good spot. I probably trust cousins more than I do Tannehill at this point, based on what he did the second half, you know, what he did last year. Um, he's got weapons. This is still a banged up uh secondary with Cleveland, just a banged up defense overall, not very good, one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, they come back home, they got a big win last week. Um, you know it looks like they, they don't run the ball a lot and so it's going to be a lot of air. Um, so I think you know we're both on cousins. we feel comfortable with him, but he's more of a secondary guy for us right now.
1: Yeah, no, I love Cousins this week and you know, like when you look at guys, you you have to you have to know Splits. And uh, a lot of people, you know, all they do is talk about Drew Brees, uh, his Splits, home and road. They talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Not many people talk about Kirk Cousins. And uh, at home, what I can tell you is he has averaged 7.2 more fantasy points at home over the last uh, 19 games. So, he's a different quarterback at home. You know, this Browns defense has allowed multiple passing touchdowns in 15 of their last 18 games. Uh, it appears that Deshaun Jackson's going to be okay to play. Jordan Reed still hasn't found the end zone, which can change this week. Um, uh, Jamison Crowder stepping forward. Uh, you know, if Josh Doxson were to be able to get healthy and get into the starting lineup, that would be fantastic. But it appears that he's not going to be playing anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Uh, so those are the guys that we like at QB. You know, don't deviate from those. Um, Mike did mention Osweiler um again if you feel more comfortable playing a cheap quarterback he looks like a game where he's going to throw and if you want to load up at the skill position at the running back position at the wide receiver position then that's the direction you know we would want you to take if you go with osweiler but again we're leaning more on stafford and cousins as kind of the, the backbone of what we're looking to do at the running back position the consensus plays for mike and i this week uh right off the jump uh ezekiel elliott Uh, I think for me, you know, he's getting the touches. It looks like this game, especially if Des doesn't go, they're going to rely on Elliott quite a bit. It's a road game. Let's play conservative. Let's not let our quarterback get hurt. Let's try to pound the ball. Let's control. Let's win with our offensive line and our stud running back. So that's my play on Elliott. Um, And then the other guy I'll let you talk about is on the other side. Look, um, is Carlos Hyde. Um, I think the way that I'm gonna let you I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you talk about why we both like Hyde and Elliott, who are from the same game.
1: Well, first off, uh, I mean, I would have liked I would have liked Dak Prescott in this game had I, if Des Bryant was playing, but it appears that Des is gonna be out, so they're gonna lean uh, back on Ezekiel Elliott. And that's the thing. So you look at his stats. Thus far, he's basically seven touches off where DeMarco Murray was in 2014 at this point in the year. So you know what the Cowboys want to do. They want to pound the ball. And this is a game where the 49ers should be able to hang, considering what the Cowboys are going to be trying to do. Even in a game, the reason you have to love Carlos Hyde, not only because of his price. I have no idea why his price is in the 4000s now, uh, especially going against
0: the
1: Dallas team. If you
0: don't have Carlos Hyde, something's wrong.
1: Yeah, if you're going against a Dallas team that's still missing players in their front to suspension, uh, I think Randy Gregory just got another 10 games today the NFL announced. Um, but Jeez. basically the 49ers showed you that Carlos Hyde is going to be used regardless of game script. Last week they were getting murdered by by uh, Seattle, and he came in, he scored two touchdowns in garbage time. Guys, we don't care where we get our points from. Carlos Hyde is a workhorse. He's one of the guys in this league that's guaranteed 18 touches a game. And in this game against the Dallas you know, defense that you can penetrate them. Every starting running back that has played against them is totaled at least 4.2 yards per carry. So I do like uh, Carlos Hyde, especially considering how cheap, dirt cheap he is on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, Hyde, Elliott, building blocks. A lot of people are going to be on Jordan Howard. We like him, but for me, he's more of a secondary guy. Um, I
1: worry about ga- game, I worry script. About game yeah. script a little bit with Howard, and that's the reason is I actually would pivot – the other way, I would go at Dwayne Washington. I think over Howard. I think Howard's going to be higher played, um, but Dwayne Washington should see at least fifteen could be, touches. Could
0: be the trap of the call of the week because of game script. Jordan Howard could be a guy that gets fifteen rushes for fifty-four yards, no touchdowns. Whereas Dwayne Washington could get a ton of work in the second half of this game if if the Lions are up and just really, really be a guy that ends up breaking one off because he's a big, fast guy that really could do some damage. Um, two other guys that I'm on, uh, I'm leading with – I know DeMarco's got a tough matchup, but we kind of saw what, what New England did with Blunt. And look, DeMarco is their whole offense right now, and if they're going to stay in this game, um, DeMarco's going to be the guy. Much like you, with with, much like Howard, I do worry about game script if they get down. So I like Murray, um, but again, he's not a cog for me. I think I'm more leaning towards Legarrette Blunt again. I'm going to continue to fire yeah. Blunt, and um, I like know, that call. <laughs> I, I said today I'm high, I'm higher on Blunt than I am on Howard. Um,
1: look, he's no going to get 20. No pun intended. 20,
0: right, he's going to get 20 <laughs> carries. So if I'm look, especially on DraftKings, where I told you guys I want running back in my flex, I'm going hide Elliott Blunt. Uh, normally. I would not want two running backs from the same game. But because of the injury situation and the way that the 49ers play, Hyde and Elliott are going to get touches in this game. They're not going to counterproduct each other. I don't see either one of these teams getting away from me. I, I think it's going to be a very close game with just run, run, run. So that's where we're looking at there. Um, sliding over to the wide receivers, uh, the guys that we have a consensus on, um, we're both on Marvin Jones. But again, keep an eye on the injury situation. Uh, that's something that we absolutely you know need to need to keep an eye on. Uh, Amari Cooper is another guy that we are both on. Why don't you talk about Amari Cooper?
1: Yeah, no, I love Amari Cooper. You know, he's one, he actually was in my one of my PFF articles this week as a buy low. Uh, a lot of people are considering him a bust because you know he's sitting outside the top twenty four wide receivers right now in production, but. If you actually look at the 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 entire the entire landscape, he actually has the tenth most targets in all of football. He has the tenth most receiving yards in all of football. It's it's amazing how much of a difference that touchdowns can make to a perception of a player. And uh, one of those players that 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 was that perception lived with last week was Allen Robinson. And going into the week, I like Allen Robinson matched up with Jimmy Smith and Sharice Wright. I don't even know if Sharice Wright's playing this week, by the way. Um, but he's going to match up with both of those guys because they're not going to shadow with michael crabtree on the other side of the field but you've seen the last two weeks Corey coleman and alan robinson they each came away with two touchdowns against baltimore so the yardage might be not be there but i think this is the week where you get Am- amari cooper into the end zone
0: we both like wide receivers from the redskins you like deshaun jackson i like jameson crowder um I, you know crowder's just getting a ton of targets on this team he's gonna you know You know, I think both guys, I think either one, you know, we're just going to want a piece of this Redskins receiving core this week, much like we did with the Dolphins last week. Um, Another guy that we're on is not a um, not a guy that's highly priced. Look, we're both on Steve Smith. And I think, (laughs) you know, after last week, I, I still think people don't really realize what's going on in Baltimore. He's going to be the consistent wide receiver. It's not going to be Kamar Aiken. It's not going to be Brashard Perryman. Wallace is the deep guy. Smith is going to be the reliable guy, along with Dennis Pitta, who who we both like. But Steve Smith, to me, if you need salary relief and and cash, I'm okay going as my wide receiver three with Steve Smith.
1: Yeah, he's probably going to be the in my cash lineup that I give out on Sunday mornings uh, just because most people don't understand what's going on with Steve Smith. Me, I didn't trust him in redraft leagues, and I, I wouldn't have trusted him in DFS until recently because w- what's going on in Baltimore, because a lot of people don't know this. I'll give you guys some inside the stats. Um, Kamar Aiken was starting in three wide receiver sets when the season began. Every week, he's losing snaps to Brashad Perriman, but Brashad Perriman doesn't play the slot. Steve Smith started the week one and two. He played in the slot about just 30% of the time time you know going back and forth with Aiken Aiken is not playing barely any snaps anymore Steve Smith played 72 percent of his snaps from the slot last week and this week against Oakland that's going to be up against DJ Hayden uh this year DJ Hayden guys has allowed 13 catches on 13 targets for 140 yards play Mm -hmm. Steve Smith
0: And Steve Smith's got, not only does he have a floor, but boy, he can blow up and have a huge upside as well. Um, you know, that, so to me, I love Smith in this spot. A couple other guys that I'm on, um, I'm on Larry Fitzgerald because if Michael, but if Michael Floyd is out, which it looks, you know, I'm really on Fitzgerald pretty heavy. Um, I'll always go back to Antonio Brown. Um, and then Doug Baldwin is another guy that I like other guys that Mike likes. He's on Deandre Hopkins. He's on all Jeffrey and he's also on Jeremy Macklin guys that get consistent targets week in week out that have great matchups. Um, before we wrap it up, we're going to again, he's cheap. He's uh, getting a lot of targets. He's on the field. Uh, my number one tight end for the week is Greg Olson. I think that he's going to be peppered with targets against the Atlanta Falcons. And I also like Kyle Rudolph, um, because Bradford really loves him at this point. Um, this, look, I think tight end is wide open this week. I think there's a lot of good plays. You've got some guys. Why don't you talk about um, Fleener, Kelsey, Henry, Miller, kind of who you like out of that group?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Fleener a lot. I think every week you're seeing him grow more and more trust with, uh, with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees even said it in an interview uh, earlier this week that they keep growing together. You look at the matchup against San Diego. San Diego, every single week, they've allowed, they've allowed at least – 80 uh 84 yards to the tight end position uh they've only allowed one one touchdown but that's okay those are going to come um you know uh, the reason we like pitta so much is because oakland last year they gave up the most touchdowns in the league uh it was 12 to tight ends and then this year they're sitting there they're allowing the seventh most fantasy points to them pitta the only thing he's been missing is a touchdown and uh, we all know oakland's good for a touchdown to tight ends here and there so
0: Uh, kicker like we do every week a fan duel only play the guys that are 4500 that are at home that are favored again it's Novak it's Lambeau it's Hopkins don't screw around with kicker guys save that 500 bucks save that 700 bucks play it at the at the quarterback the wide receiver running back don't screw around and pay 5300 for a kicker that's just idiotic don't do it um, defense. We both love the Patriots. Uh, they're at home. They're against the team. Uh, you know, I think the Patriots again is an underrated defense. So I love the Patriots as well as Mike. I'm also on the Broncos. I think Winston could be forced to throw the ball a ton, and there could be a lot of picks and potentially pick sixes in that game. uh You like the Steelers before we head out?
1: I do like the Steelers. I mean, in a, in a home game where they're coming back, uh, what they do well, the Steelers is stop the run. Now, if now if Shazier is out concerns me and I back away from the Steelers I'd actually go to the Jaguars instead uh even I'm not too comfortable with the Jaguars but if you're looking for a cheap defense you know that Andrew Luck's gonna get sacked a bunch you know he throws he throws the ball up and you know the Jaguars slowly not many people see it but they're slowly getting a little bit better every single week
0: sure all right guys that's gonna wrap it up for this week lock and load week four cash games NFL hope you guys enjoyed the show we want to wish you the best in all your cash games on FanDuel and DraftKings thanks again guys